Thank you so much. Thank you for Pastor George's introduction. I'm so happy to be here in the Kindred family. Let me bring the greetings from ECC to you in the big family. Uh, it's such an honor uh, to be with you, to preach uh, the message from our Lord, to worship God together. I'm so excited to see the preaching series we are in right now, uh, which is called Promises. Uh, it's, a, it's a set of timely messages uh, for us in the lengthy global pandemic. Think about it. How much have our life been changed? Right before the pandemic, with the development of science, modern science and the technology, we entered into an era called the globalization, and we went any part of the world so easily. And we believed that everything was controlled by our own hands. All of a sudden, a very small virus brought us into a worldwide chaos. People experienced feelings of fear, anxiety, loss, depression, and despair. Who can save us, comfort us, heal us, and get ourselves together to move on with our lives? Only God can, and he promises us to deliver us and be with us. What we should do at a moment like this is to hold on to his promises because his promises enable us to live wholesome life. Today, we will read a scripture from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 43, verse 25. It is short, but it is a very important promise. Let me read to you in the English Standard Version. The Lord said, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. To live a wholesome life, people should have safety, dignity, and the meaning in our life. In today's message, I will share with you three precious gifts that God gives to us through his promise of forgiveness. The first one is, is peace. Pardoning of our sins brings us peace through salvation. Today, I'm going to share with you my story, my personal story about how an atheist decided to follow Jesus. A few years ago, uh, Pastor George just introduced to you about my participation in the Tiananmen Square Democratic Movement. He just mentioned that again a moment ago. And uh, uh, <coughs> that's uh, 30 years ago. It was in 1989. After the movement, 
like many Chinese intellectuals, I fell into a perplexed period. There was a well-known novel by that time, and it was translated into English called Turbulence. Actually, the Chinese word of the title also means impetuous or anxious. The word best described the people and the society in those years. As a young scholar, I eagerly looked for peace of, art, of heart in an anxious time and society, which is the starting point of my faith journey. Thank God he led me to himself eventually. In the beginning of my journey, I didn't know why I was so anxious. I thought it was caused by the strict investigation after the Tiananmen movement. However, when things passed and it seemed that all was safe, I was still anxious and depressed. I did not have peace in my heart, and it bothers me so much. I started to go to church. By that time, it was the only open church run by the government. Actually, I didn't know personally, I didn't personally know any Christians by that time. I was dating with my wife, and we went to church together. We didn't know anyone in the church, and we purposely avoided talking with anyone there. But we felt a sense of peace when we, we were there. We didn't know why until we met a missionary who shared the gospel with us a couple of years later. After our weekly, uh, at our weekly meetings with the missionary, he taught us the truth of the Bible and we dis discovered that even though certain events or circumstances may, cause, may, may have made us anxious, sin was the ultimate cause of the anxiety. My missionary friend one day brought me to a special lecture, and the speaker explained to us what sin was in biblical con concepts. He told us the Greek word, hamartia, sin. In ancient Greece, it indicated an uh, archery competition. The arrow missed the target. If our action did not follow God's laws, we had sinned. The important lesson that I learned in the first step of my faith journey is to find the peace, the true peace, I need salvation. Let's come back to today's scripture. In the context, we can learn why God said to his people, I will not remember your sins. How did the Israelites sin? A little bit before these words, 
in the chapter 42 of Isaiah, the Lord said to his people, he said, hear you deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Did they really not see and, and hear? The Lord explained, he sees many things, but does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. The prophet had the following comments. Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned, in whose ways we would not walk, and whose law we would not obey? The prophet Isaiah draw a clear picture to show us what sin is. The Israelites did not walk in God's way and did not obey God's law, which is how the arrow missed the target. Even when God sent his one and the only son, Jesus, to save, we do not want to accept. In the Gospel of John, it was said, <clears throat> the light has come the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things, his the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light. So that is maybe clearly seen that his works has been carried out in God. The darkness is the reason why we have, not, we have no peace in our hearts. When we walk in the light, we are not anxious anymore. Jesus is the light, and our Savior brings us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And this is the precious salvation. True peace only comes from salvation. In the beginning of chapter 43 of Isaiah, the Lord said, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Saving his people is God's plan. In book of Isaiah, he mentioned the second exodus. The first one is that God brought his people out of Egypt. And here, Isaiah talked about the second exodus, that he would lead his people go back to the Holy Land from the exile. All the two exoduses prophesies that God will send his beloved son, Jesus Christ, to save the world and bring them the true peace. Jesus saves us, which means he paid the price of our sins so that he can forgive our sins. When God says, 
I will not remember your sins. At first, he means he forgives, he forgives us. This is really an important truth for us to earn a true peace. Although people who have salvation still can be anxious caused by different circumstances, being pardoned of sins is the fundamental and ultimate source of true peace. That is why we need salvation. The second gift is concern about our shame. Blotting uh, out our transgressions washes away our shames. However, in today's scripture, God does not just say that I will forgive your sins, but he actually says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will remember, I will not remember your sins. Is it not enough to just forgive? In terms of the final judgment, I think forgiveness is enough for us to enter eternity with God. But why is God willing to do more? Because he considers about our wholesome status when we walk with him on earth. Our sin, although pardoned, still left us with shame. A few decades ago, there was a special prison system in China, which was called retention working in the presence. By that time, even when a prisoner had served his sentence and had been released, he was so ashamed to live in a normal community. Most freed prisoners chose to stay in the same prison and work there as a free man. This picture could serve, uh, could serve as an illustration for how ashamed a sinner could be even though they have been pardoned. Our God is not only just, uh, is not only just in judgment, but also full of love. He wants to wash away our shame when he has pardoned our sins so that we may enjoy a wholesome life when we walk with him. Let me continue my story. When I started my faith journey to look for a peace of heart, my heart was often sorrowed by one thing. I worried about the last moments of my life. I was afraid that I must have so much regret and shame by that time. Because facing death, I would not be able to do anything to make up. I worried that I could not keep my personal principles in my life. 
or even though I could, how could I know my principles were correct when I could not do anything to make changes? I had to die with the shame and the regret. I felt I was so inadequate. And every time when I thought of that, I just felt desperate. As a matter of fact, the feeling of shame and regret was a force that pushed me to look for a true God who can give me the right principles and give me strength to keep them. I really wished that there was a true God, full of knowledge and power, and that never makes mistakes. It was very interesting. I worried about my shame in the last moment of my life, but I didn't realize at all my sins by that time. Just the the opposite, I thought I was a righteous man, a nice person. In the lecture that I mentioned earlier, when the speaker explained the biblical concept of sin, I accepted that I was a sinner because I didn't know God. How could I know his, his laws and acted follow his laws? I admitted I was a sinner because I did not feel ashamed. Uh, I admitted I was a sinner but I did not feel ashamed at all. I thought that I had been searching for a true God and how I had, uh, and now I found him. God promised to forgive my sins and gave me it, uh, ultimate peace. Why not? With no struggle, I accept God to be my God and accept his son, Jesus Christ, as my savior. But I didn't have any feeling of shame. Until several months later, things changed. One day, when I stayed at my office by myself, and I was arranging some of my old writings, the Holy Spirit illuminated my heart and I was able to see the ugly corners of my life. At first, I saw one paper that I wrote long, long ago and found that I had boasted about myself in that paper. After that, as if watching a movie, the Lord let me see the ugly things I did before, one by one, in front of my eyes. I feel so shamed, and my face must, be, must have been very red, even though I didn't see it. I, 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 have, I didn't have a mirror in my office. <laughs> I, I never felt ashamed before that moment for those things. I realized that 
I realized that until this moment, I had not truly confessed. But this time, the Lord had truly forgiven me. Amazingly, I didn't keep my shame after that. As we just learned today, God promised, God promised me that he would blot out my transgressions and would not remember them. Many times, many times, I thought of that experience, and I believed that I found the secret why he washed away my shame. It is for the purpose of an intimate relationship between him and me. Think of this. A person who called by his boss will committing some serious crimes. His boss did not report it and said he had forgiven this person. However, after that, he always mentioned it to this person. How could this, how would this person feel? He must feel like a captive or a slave before his boss and never be a normal person live in a healthy life anymore before his boss. When, you, when our sins were forgiven by God, but could, could we still live with shame? It would never be a wholesome life. God wants to restore all sinners and reconcile with them. He wants us to walk with him and have an intimate relationship with him. He, wa he wishes to see a joyful and a healthy life from you and me. So he promised us, I will not remember your sins. Dear brothers and sisters, do you agree that we have come into a time again that is more and more anxious in our society? With all the challenges, our life became harder and harder, and we may have a stronger feeling of regret and shame toward our failures. It is a time to remember God's promise and walk with him intimately. He will make us healthy and wholesome. The third gift that God gives us is to let each of us live out a meaningful life. This is his purpose of delivering us from our sins. We just said that the reason God would, be, would not remember our sins was to let us live out wholesome lives. It was for us, but why in the scripture does it say, for my own sake, for God's sake? This actually a profound truth. Again, let us read the words with its context. Let me read to you the chapter 
43, verse 10. You are my witnesses, declared the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. There are several verses talking about this similar meaning. God chooses us to be his people and make us his witnesses to carry his message to everywhere of this world. This is God's plan, and this is God's mission. His great election makes us a part of his plan for his mission and his purpose. And that is why he says this is his own sake. This is for his own sake. However, we are not just his chess pieces. We receive blessings first, and we can be a blessing to others. There is no conflict between our benefits and his mission. For example, if we have a moon landing project, we need to recruit a group of excellent scientists. If you were recruited, uh, recruited it, uh, <coughs> is this for your sake or for our sake? Joining this great project makes your career glorious and meaningful. And at the same time, you will contribute to this project. And we choose you because we consider the need of the project. God has, uh, God has a marvelous master hands, and he has chosen us for his glory. And at the same time, he loves us so much, he will bless us tremendously in his wonderful plan. How can a person live a blessed life? Without mission, the life cannot be meaningful. God has given us his mission through the calling of his son, Jesus Christ, which is a great commission. In the book of Acts, Luke describes the Great Commission as being witnesses of Jesus in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It is a fulfillment of the prophecy that Isaiah said in today's message. Therefore, we have to understand God's will. God forgives our sins and delivers us to make us his witness, witnesses. When we do it according to his will, he will leave, we will live out God's mission and we will have meaningful lives. Let's pray to our Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. So precious, you told us you will not remember our sins. You save us to give us eternal life. And through the salvation, you grant us the true peace. Not just that, you consider 
considers our wholesome life, you promise to us you will not remember our sins so that we can follow you and have an intimacy with you. Thank you, Lord. You sent us, you transform our life so that we can be your messengers. Help us so that we can live out your mission, the Great Commission, and be your witness. This is uh, our meaningful life. We need you. Please help us. Thank you, Lord, for your listening, our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.